Yesterday was a first in the history of the House. A House vote removed the Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, in what was an absolutely idiosyncratic and unparalleled move, something that was completely unheard of up until 2023. But it happened. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go over to americaoutloud.news, where you can check out all of my colleagues' work, as well as the 24-7 Talk Radio Network, available on all of your favorite app stores, as well as your podcast stores, iHeartRadio, etc. All you got to do is just download the app, America Out Loud, and you can find all the shows, as well as the podcast, directly there. You can also support the show. Go to americaoutloud.store where all of the shows rely on our sponsors. So make sure you pick up something from one of those great sponsors that we have. Lots of amazing health products, ways to get healthy from COVID as well. So that's an important thing right now as I'm in the middle of uh, getting over my COVID case, which I'm doing much better, by the way. Here we are on Wednesday, getting some energy back. My voice is getting back. Just got a little bit of a sinus infection at this point in time, but we are doing pretty well, pretty good here. Well, let's get straight into it. In a first ever, never before seen, Kevin McCarthy can now have the trivia question answer for the first speaker to ever be ousted from the job in a House vote, thanks to Matt Gates. Now, the representative from Florida forced that motion to vacate just about 48 hours ago after making the promise on Sunday's shows of CNN and ABC, saying that he was going to uh, state that uh, McCarthy must vacate for making some backroom deals with the Democrats, as well as not holding to the deal that he made with fellow Republicans when they nominated him Speaker of the House. Now, I will be one of the people to say that I think that Kevin McCarthy was a very weak speaker. He was not somebody that I would want as the Speaker of the House. That all stated, I'm not sure who the better option is from the Republican Party at this point in time. But I'm guessing that Matt Gates, he has a plan for where things are going to go next. I'm also very curious about the Democrats and their minority leader, Jeffries, thinking that it was a good idea for the Democrats to universally and unanimously get Speaker McCarthy out. And the reason I say that is because knowing that Matt Gates likely has a plan with other individuals, the Democrats walked right into the trap, in my opinion. So I'm curious, who could become the next Speaker of the House? Could it be Donald Trump? Now, I threw around this recently because I believe that if Donald Trump was the Speaker, he would allow the government to shut down because it would allow his court cases to also cool off while he runs for the President of the United States. Could be an interesting thing there. Now, a Speaker does not need to be 
a uh, current member of the Congress. That is not one of the rules. So Donald Trump could be nominated and he could be brought forward for a vote. And I think that McCarthy, uh, McCarthy knows this. I think that he definitely knows this. Now, McCarthy broke a bunch of the promises, according to Gates. He didn't release January 6th footage. Uh, he didn't do the uh, budget the way he was supposed to do it as well. This is all uh, pretty interesting as this comes to a head. Now, the former uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy, will be interesting to see what type of uh, influence he's able to have on the next speaker. They've already named an interim speaker, which is an ally of McCarthy's as well. So at this point in time, after the uh, house fell completely silent, they were able to get an interim speaker. Uh, so that way they can continue business at least in the meantime, until behind closed doors, they can figure things out. Now, I think McCarthy in interviews kept a good face on uh, Tuesday stating to everybody, you know, I think I'll be good. They, they still need like five, maybe six Republicans in order to get this job done. But he knew what was coming. He knew that uh, people did not trust him. And if people don't trust him, then you can't be the Speaker of the House. And it's pretty sad when Adam Schiff uh, from California is the one that's pointing that out. He said, at the end of the day, the country needs a speaker that can be relied on and we don't trust him and their members don't trust him and you need trust to be a speaker. Yep, Schiff, I agree with you. And that is the reason why he is now finding himself having to vacate the office that, by the way, he moved into before he was ever named the speaker. So I haven't liked this guy just because he was kind of smug in thinking that this was his seat to have from the absolute get-go. So Representative Patrick McHenry, his good friend and ally, who is the chair of the Financial Services Committee, has been named the speaker pro tempore, the interim speaker, until they can get a new leader. And sometime, uh, listen to this on Wednesday, but sometime Tuesday evening, they were supposed to discuss a path forward. And hopefully here on Wednesday, we'll hear what that path forward is supposed to sound like or look like for the rest of Americans. And what does this mean for the function of government and the role of government, will our House be able to do their job despite the fact that he's been removed? I, th I think we're going to be okay, and maybe that's a good thing too. Maybe we're seeing that. So what do you think? Do you think that Trump is going to be the next person up in uh, the, <laughs> the entire race to be the next speaker? Well, there's a short list that's out as well. And there are people saying that they're going to go from worse to worser. <laughs> That's not even a word, by the way. But we're going to use it today in proper grammar, make a statement. All right. So the whole, I guess, where they're going with it at this point in time is we could see a speaker, Stefanik. A speaker, Stefanik, who is uh, definitely in the MAGA crowd as well. And he was... Uh, rallying behind McCarthy just about two days ago, which is, I think, interesting in of itself. Now, Elise Stefanik is from the great state of New York in the 21st district. And uh, it should be interesting to see whether or not Stefanik could also get those votes in order to make that happen. Now, why do I say that? Well, Stefanik is pretty firmly in the uh, MAGA crowd. Uh, 
Stefanik has aligned with Donald Trump, uh, has been the conference chair in New York, and is likely now the top contender to replace McCarthy next to people like maybe House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who had a cancer diagnosis that kind of uh, set things backwards. But I understand and I'm hearing that things doing pretty well. Now, Stefanik has not been asking for this seat. I think that would be something to uh, pay attention to. Stefanik uh, basically took notes, avoided the whole uh, anti-McCarthy thing back when he was first named uh, and has really had kind of a, a, a low-key... Um, a low-key type of approach, I guess I would say. Uh, she hasn't been the person like Gates to go out there. However, how do people in the GOP feel about her since she got to the House? Well, that should be uh, something that'd be very interesting to follow because when Trump came to the White House, there are reports saying that she kind of went from the archetype of the House GOP sellout and fit her entire personality into the MAGA flamethrower that you see on Fox News. And so they believe that uh, Stefanik would be the most obvious successor to McCarthy as a result of this. Does this mean that we are into the MTG, Matt Gates uh, era of the House? And then what does that mean for the upcoming election as well if MAGA is taking an even uh, stronger uh, stronghold of the House. And does that mean that the Democrats have made a complete miscalculation in removing Speaker McCarthy? Well, I think it's going to get very spicy here in the immediate future. Also, there's people telling me, hey, how do you feel about this Wednesday here? They're supposed to do all these emergency things, and now the House is without a speaker. Could there be anything connected to all this? No, there, there's not. Everybody chill out about the whole October 4th thing and them sending signals. The reason I'm telling you that is, as somebody who manages a radio station, we do these tests all the time via radio. They've already been doing the cell phone test underneath Trump, underneath Obama, and these cell phone tests have been going out there with no issues they are just making sure that during an act of war, during a natural emergency or a national emergency, that everybody can be reached. Not everything you need a tinfoil hat in order to hold on to. And this is going to be one of those things where I say I'm tired of hearing about it. If you want to turn off your phone, go try to turn off your phone. Try not to get the message. That's fine. It's not going to really hurt anybody, right? But just understand... It is there in case of some type of uh, national crisis that information can get out in a readily and uh, speedy uh, way. Now, on the radio, it is law. Why? Because all the way back, if you go to 1912 and on into the 1930s, the government has regulated and mandated to make sure that people could stay safe through uh, the communications that the FCC oversees. Um, and so this is all just part of the functioning government. That's all it is. So I'm not too worried about any of this to begin with. Donald Trump, by the way, who I brought up for the speaker, he also had a bad day yesterday. He had a bad day because the judge gagged him after he attacked some of his uh, employees when he left the courtroom yesterday. And so when he got back in, Judge Arthur Engeron 
issued a gag order that said he can no longer talk. Trump can't can no longer talk about his staff members. And so uh, this comes after Donald Trump completely blasted the judge, his top law clerks, uh, Letitia James, and many more when he left the courtrooms and saying it's a sham and that the judges have already had things ruled against, but they continue to try to uh, get this uh, testimony seen in front of people, despite the fact that 80% of these charges have already been tossed out by the appellate courts. And uh, there could be major complications. He could go to the jail if he violates this. Uh, up to 30 days in jail could be the penalties. So he needs to now watch what he says, watch what he posts, or he may wind up in the slammer. And so the uh, second day of that financial uh, fraud trial with Engeron overseeing, uh, the gag order is for everyone in the civil case can no longer stop any verbal or social media post at any member of staff. He says it's not acceptable and it's not appropriate. And therefore uh, he said that what Trump did yesterday was a disparaging, untrue and personally identifying post about a member of my staff. And Grant only cited one of the defendants as the one behind the post, but there was no secret to whom he was referring. He's referring to Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump. So this is bad news for the Trumpsters, if he is trying to um, stay in the headlines in order to change the public perception about what's going on with him. Now, that is all going while the uh, Republicans are still trying to get Yunkin into this race because all of the other people that are out there running against Donald Trump are having no luck whatsoever. I don't think this is going to change anything either. I don't see that... All of a sudden, uh, Donald Trump's going to start losing the election. It's going to take him going to jail for him not to get the nomination. Now, there is one person who might hurt Donald Trump, in my opinion, and that person is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, he now is stating that he's going to run as an independent against Joe Biden. I saw this coming from a mile away. It would have been great could RFK Jr., been able to have a legitimate campaign as a Democrat, but we all know that the Democrats are not interested in running a legitimate campaign against Joe Biden. They're going to make sure that it is completely curated and that if anyone's uh, going to replace Joe Biden, it's going to be hand-selected. It's not going to be through some type of primary vote process. And so that's why they said there's not going to be any debates and they plan on running Joe Biden once again, even though we can all see the writings on the wall right now with Gavin Newsom and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris likely will be replaced eventually. I don't see this going well. So uh, Kennedy has been promoted by a lot of conservative voices. There's people on Fox News. Uh, Steve Bannon has uh, put his uh, support of Kennedy in as well. So who is going to be truly hurt by a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. independent run? Well, I don't think that it's going to be Joe Biden. I think it's going to be Donald Trump. He's going to have the one that gets votes taken away from him when this all comes out in the water. This will be... Once again, kind of like Ross Perot, I believe, because I think he can get into the debates. I think he's going to have enough support for it. But it's going to be like Ross Perot once again, where George Bush, Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton's going to end up winning. And in this case, it's going to be Joe Biden ends up winning. Or maybe Hillary Clinton. Who knows? Maybe, maybe she'll be in the race by that point in time. 
But Kennedy, he is certainly going to funnel because he, I don't think that his viewpoints and his campaign is that much different than Donald Trump to begin with. So I, I can certainly see where this could hurt Donald Trump's campaign. Now, there's a lot more going on in the second half here. We're going to talk about the financials of the country because the stock markets are starting to turn upside down and interest rates are continuing to soar while the Treasury yield. Well, you're going to want to hear this because I think we're about to hit another housing crisis and it's coming like a freight train and there's not going to be any bailouts this time that are going to get the job done. All right, everybody, if you'd like to support me and my show, you can go over to buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. And then you can support the network and all the voices that are on here that put America first by going to americaoutloud.news and uh, also with americaoutloud.store where you can visit all of the sponsors that help keep the lights on here at the network. Be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula, with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show. Let's get straight to the financial conversation because I think this is something that uh, it's fallen through the cracks. And uh, I saw where a year ago I was posting about Credit Suisse and I was on top of that story and it made me realize perhaps I need to get back to reminding people about the financial perils that are actually uh, there. Now, the Dow over the course of Tuesday lost more than 400 points. At one point, it was over 500 points and it went negative for all of 2023. Now, at this point in time, uh, it was down a total of 430.97 points or 1.29% 
for its absolute worst day since March of 2023. And the 30 stock index ended the day at 33,002.38 with the S&P 500 sliding 1.37%, which is its lowest level since June during the session closed at 4,229. Now, why is this important to pay attention to right now? Well, it's because the Federal Reserve is still manipulating the currency. They're still in the process of boosting interest rates. And the Treasury yield hit 4.8%, its highest in 16 years. Now, that benchmark yield has been surging over the last month as the Federal Reserve has been pledging the people that they're going to keep interest rates at a higher level for even longer. Why? Because they love you. They love you and they want to make sure that you can afford your groceries in the future. So we got to keep those interest rates high because we don't want you purchasing homes. We don't want you purchasing cars. We want you purchasing chicken and eggs. <laughs> now, the 30-year Treasury yield has hit 4.925%, the highest since, wait for it, 2007. And the average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage is now just below 8%. We're almost at that 8%. Now, what happened back in 2007, the last time the 30-year Treasury yield hit 4.925% and homes were at record prices? Well, I won't keep you in any type of suspense. I think you already remember. It was the great housing crisis of 2007 and 2008, which led to then President Bush trying to figure out how are we going to get through this? And then Barack Obama saying, I know how we will just bail out all the big corporations and banks. We'll put Dodd Frank in and we'll call it a day and we'll blame all of the bad mortgages that were written. Well, what are you going to blame this time? Are you going to blame bad mortgages that were written this time as well? People already know that they're getting absolutely raped by the rates that are out there right now when they're near 8%. They're spending on average about $110,000 more for a home that they would have been able to save just two years ago because Biden's failed Federal Reserve. He has no balls to him in order to put the uh, pressure back on to Powell and the Federal Reserve and say enough is enough. You know, with the interest rates are soaring right now, people cannot afford to borrow money. It is now too expensive to borrow. You used to be able to borrow money basically for free at how low the interest rates are. Now we're at the spot where because inflation is out of control and interest rates are high, People's dollar is going shorter and shorter, and we're creating more and more of a debt culture. And as a result, we are going to see the bank stability start the fall. And Goldman Sachs, they were already seeing one of those issues at this point in time, just on Tuesday with their rates, being not rates, but their uh, yields falling. Now, what does that mean? This is the longest stretch that we've seen for a signal of a recession since the early 1980s. Hey, Biden administration, Green John Pierre, or whatever tech your initials are, KJP, are you going to declare that we're in a recession yet? Or are we going to continue to be like, hey, you know what? People got jobs. Uh, yeah, sure. Things are pretty expensive. 
But uh, hey, people are getting by. They're doing good. They, they love their president. They love Joe Biden. Uh, build back better. It's just, it's building so great. I don't think so. I think that the Democrats are majorly overplaying their success of finances under a Joe Biden presidency. And we're going to see just as we're ramping up into this election cycle, unless Joe Biden grows a set and starts playing hardball with the Federal Reserve, telling them they got to lower their interest rates and their yields, we're going to see major economic pain for people right now. The 30-year treasury bond trades are 50 cents on the dollar at this point in time. If you go back to the beginning of 2023, they were up to almost 60 cents per the dollar. That is a catastrophic failure right now in our U.S. bond market. That is absolutely frightening. And I don't know why people are not paying attention to that either. Now, there's other things that are happening and the FTC is starting lawsuits because we're finding that Amazon is influencing consumer prices with algorithms. They're using what's called Project Nessie in order to raise prices on people as well. And it was testing how much it could raise prices in a way the competitors would follow which meant that if you were at Walmart and some of these other stores selling similar products, they would follow this algorithm and then start to raise those prices. It's almost kind of like what I said that M&Ms was doing when they started telling everybody, oh, we care about women's rights. Buy these special M&M women's rights chocolates. And as a result, we're only going to charge you $1.20 more. But don't worry. It's for a good cause, except what all they were doing was conditioning you to paying the higher rate with no intent of lowering their cost in the future. They just would stop giving their money to the women's rights issues. Well, Amazon has made more than $1 billion through the revenue on use of this algorithm. How do you feel about a computer gaming you, gaming the system? It's like now not only are we going to Vegas to gamble or to your local casino, but now every time you're on Amazon, apparently you're gambling there too because the algorithm is making sure that Amazon never loses any money. In fact, they're maximizing profits and they are influencing the rest of the inflationary markets as well. So when we talk about Joe Biden and the inflation that's going up. When we talk about the Federal Reserve pumping the interest rates up, when you have a company like Amazon where so many Americans are doing their shopping there and their third-party seller sales are now rising from 19% to 45% with 60% of their retail sales coming from those third-party sellers, this project Nessie is contributing to inflation as well. Global inflation. It's a one-two punch to the gut as people uh, continue to lose money because they're not getting raises at their jobs and inflation's going up. Well, now we have a computer system that's also looking to screw you as well. Take a drink of water so I don't stop start coughing on all of you as I'm getting over the COVID here, getting into the second half, doing a lot of talking today. <clears throat> all right. Now, SAG and AFTRA, and the studio CEOs also wrapped up a full day of talks yesterday, and they expect to meet again. Now, this is the first time that they've had 160,000 strong guilds since they went out on strike July 14th. So this is positive. So now we have the uh, writers 
that <coughs> excuse me had everything settled for them but now we need the actors to get everything settled so they can fire back up hollywood ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i was watching television last week in the hotel room while i was sick television is dead like <laughs> horribly dead there is nothing redeeming about television you know i'd like to go back to the vast wasteland speech and revisit that from, I think that was like 1968, and replay that now here in 2023, because I don't think we've learned anything in uh, the, the last five decades. We are still in the exact same place. Now, speaking of television, Tom Hanks has warned that there's creepy AI in a video, and he had nothing to do with it. It's promoting a dental plan, and it's an AI version of Tom Hanks. He says, I have nothing to do with this. Hey, Tom, we already saw you out there in a creepy AI, and that was called the Polar Express. That was probably the creepiest thing that children will ever watch with your face on it. So don't worry about the dental plan. Matter of fact, that probably they should have used that technology than the technology that they used for the Polar Express. <laughs> And then uh, what else is going on? The, uh, the Dish Network. Oh, uh, the Robin Williams. That's that's right. Robin Williams also is uh, in the headlines because Zelda, his daughter, is upset over AI recreating his voice. Um, so this is something that uh, is bothering Zelda because she says uh, she's spoken out against AI because she's seen it used for years to mimic her late dad, Robin Williams' voice. And it bothers her. You know what? If that was my father, that would bother me as well. I completely understand where she's coming from. And isn't this one of the things that the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild is fighting right now? They're making sure that people can't use voices later on without some type of uh, consent. I think it was um, what's the voice of Darth Vader. Uh, he gave James Earl Jones. He gave his voice permission to be used in perpetuity. Uh, onward after his death. Uh, so we might still hear James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. He recorded some apparently additional dialogue in order to allow that to happen into the future. In other television news, the Dish Network has been hit with a huge fine, $150,000, because they did not properly deorbit one of their satellites that's out there and they created space debris. I'm glad to see that we're caring about space debris because I thought maybe we forgot since Elon Musk started sending up his array of satellites in order to make sure the entire world has some type of internet connection. Cause I was wondering, you know, what happens when we put all of these satellites up there between all these other countries, and then we have a space mission and we happen to hit one. And all of a sudden we, we have people dying because of space junk. So I'm glad to see that there are people that still seem to care about that as well. And then the last story, the cover for today. Scientists are trying to bring animals back from the dead. In what sounds like a story straight out of Jurassic Park, it's not. We can go back to 1984, the University of California at Berkeley, when they announced that they had extracted DNA from a scrap of dried muscle tissue from a quagga. A quagga was a, a type of subspecies of the modern zebra. Well, now scientists are also using the DNA of some other cells 
RNA as well, extracting the RNA of remains of a Tasmanian tiger. Now I watched the Jurassic Park series. It doesn't end well. Some of these things might've died off for a reason. Are we going to see a woolly mammoth born from a modern elephant someday implanted of DNA? And would it be more like a mammoth if they do that? Or would it be more like a hairy elephant? Who knows? But I think we know that science would like to make some of these things happen. The dodo bird. The dodo has been extinct a long time now. Ever since the uh, European settlers arrived, I think it took about 80 years. By 1680, the dodo was dead. The quagga's dead, right? We have all these animals. Are we going to try to bring them back? And let's not forget that just recently we brought back a bunch of space rocks and space debris from a uh, asteroid. And now we have to hope that those people know what they're doing, that they're not going to all of a sudden contaminate all of us with some type of uh, gal galaxial virus or bacteria that's out there. Because, hey, you know, they're really good at keeping viruses in a lab. So I'm sure we have nothing to worry about as we move forward. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's it for Wednesday here. We'll have to find out what's going on with the Speaker of the House on Friday. Chris Michaels and myself will be back to entertain you all, keep you laughing, uh, keep you having a good time as we recap the entire week. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. I hope I honored your time well. I'll see you on Friday. That's it. That's all. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh -huh.